think. Act and prosper. You are now tuned into the Money Level Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Money Level Show, where we think, act, and prosper. I want to forewarn you if you hear a little uh, screech sound. Uh, I believe uh, that's the smoke alarms here at the at my mother-in-law's house. Uh, so excuse that sound if you hear it in the background. Uh, and and so I'm I'm here Thanksgiving Day. Ate some good food. Um, had a, took a little nap. You know all of that. So now I'm getting back to the grind. So today, what I want to talk about is the benefits of having your money out of the system. Okay, so having your money out of the system. Um, I've spoke a little bit about this in my last episode, um, not the one with Matthew, but the one about taking control of our money. Um, and that episode is very important, uh, taking control of our money because of counterparty risk with uh, the banks and uh, having platforms like PayPal and Robinhood holding on to your Bitcoin and also gold stocks and things like that. So today I'm going to approach it from a different angle, having your money out of the system and eliminating counterparty risk. And specifically in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, just being in debt and how to avoid losing everything that you have when you have money that is in the system. So when I say this is that a lot of us are bogged down with debt. For me, myself, you know, I've had uh, abdominal surgery twice where I've received a uh, $25,000 uh, medical bill and I cannot afford that, especially on my salary. I cannot afford to pay a uh, $25,000 medical bill. Uh, I have $70,000 in student loan debt. I have a mortgage, uh, things of that nature. And so I have a lot of debt. When I look at it, I have a lot of debt. However, teaching Dave Ramsey, you know, for years, uh, Dave Ramsey tells us to get out of debt. And it's like, okay, so I got to like figure out how to make, you know, however many thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get out of debt and to and to be free or whatnot. Um, and I, I kind of think about that. And I'm like, man, that's that's kind of tough for some people. Some people on salaries on their salaries cannot afford to pay the amount they have in medical expenses or student loan debt, especially, you know, people that may have had super uh, important medical conditions that needed to be addressed. I have a friend that has had like $90,000 in medical debt because she had cancer and she had to get an operation. And when you're thinking about that, when you're thinking about getting out of debt, that is a big burden to try to lift up all for yourself. Same thing with my mother. My mother finished college, finished her bachelor's degree uh, in her late 50s. And um, when you think about that, you know, she has, you know, however many thousand dollars of debt from that. Uh, she also had uh, cancer before as well, where she had to get a procedure done. So a lot of this stuff is expensive, you know, and, and it's a big burden that weigh on people that don't make enough to pay, pay those debts down. And it'll take forever. And it's like, okay, do you want to spend your whole life trying to pay these debts down? And what do you get at the end? What do you get at the end if you're not making anything for yourself? You're just trying to work at paying them down, let alone another medical expense comes up 
you know, that's going to set you back even further. You know, it's hard. It's hard to make it out of those situations. And so that that is why I'm talking about this today, having money out of the system. And so when I say out of the system, I mean money that is not tied to your Social Security number. So a lot of times we get a credit card that's tied to our Social Security number. A mortgage is tied to our Social Security number. Uh, medical medical bills is tied to our Social Security number. You have all of those things. Student loans is tied to our Social Security number. So when you think about this, you know, when you're trying to get to zero, you know, when you're in the negative and trying to get to zero so that you can actually build your net worth, uh, you can build your net worth and, you know, pass it down to your kids and and all this stuff. But, you know, some people are late in the game and it's like, OK, I, I either have to switch careers, do a total different career shift and try to make a lot of money to pay this off. Or, or you know, what do I have to do? Do I have to win the lotto to pay this off? You know, it, it's a long process and, and it takes a long time and it could take a lifetime because our wages does not keep up. And it takes a long time because our wages do not keep up with inflation and they also don't keep up enough. You know, we don't get paid enough extra to, you know, pay off those things. And so that's why I'm going to talk about having money out of the system that's not tied to your Social Security number. So the first thing that I came to realize was when I started buying gold, silver, precious metals, as well as uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, Bitcoin uh, and some others, I began to think like, man, this is out of the system. Nobody knows I have it. Um, you know, if I were to be sued, no one would know I have it. You know, how could a judge, you know, say, hey, you have such such amount of ounces of gold in your home and you need to give that up. Or you have such and such amount of Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies and you need to give that up as in, in this lawsuit. You know, like nobody knows I have it. You know, nobody knows what I have. And that is a benefit of that. That is a benefit of having your money out of the system because you are able to build some sort of wealth where if the worst thing were to happen, you would be in at least in a better spot than you would if, if you didn't have it. You know, and and I just think about that. I think about that. OK, like how can you pass down uh, inheritance to your kids you know, when you may have debt and I don't know if, if they garnish your, your debt when you die. I don't know if they garnish it from uh, whatever you pass down or whatnot. I guess it depends on what it is. Like if you die with student loans or you die with medical debt, who does that debt fall on? Does that debt disappear? You know, I have to look into more of that. However, you know, with having money out of the system is something that you can actually pass down to your kids, your grandkids or whoever. And kind of just teach them the ropes from there. Like, hey, these are the mistakes I made. I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z. But here you go. This is for you. And I want you to make better decisions than I did. And that's something that you could do. You know, however, whenever all your money and all your wealth is tied to your Social Security number, it can make it hard to get ahead. If someone sues you, they can garnish your wages. You know, they, they can come after what's in your bank account. I mean, there's been plenty of times where, you know, friends of mine have had child support come and take money out of their bank and take everything out of their bank. You know, and I'm not saying don't pay child support. However, when you look at that counterparty risk, you know, when you have 
Uh, I believe my friend had like $800 in his bank account. He owns a, a small business. And we came in and took the whole 800 out, out of his bank account. It's like, okay, this man need needs money for food and and uh, water and, and his rent and things like that. You just can't take the whole thing out, you know, like stuff like that. It's like, man, you got to have money out of the system because the system will screw you over. You know, the banks will screw you over. And so I really try to process that. I really try to process that because whenever there's something that's tied to your Social Security, they can come after my house. They can come after, you know, garnish my wages, all those things. But what do they know about how much gold, silver, and Bitcoin I have? They know nothing about it. And that is one of the benefits of having money out of the system. And listen up here, like, and I don't want you guys to think that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Daryl's some type of crook. He's just trying to, like, get over on the system and all of that. Truth be told, the system has been getting over on us since you know, the, the enacting of the Federal Reserve, <laughs> where they've uh, printed so much money and stole our purchasing power uh, to where we can't really purchase anything as much as we could, you know, over a century ago. So you could talk about that corruption right there, uh, devaluing the dollar, debasing the money, taking uh, actual silver and gold out of the money, out of actual money, taking silver out of the coins in the 60s, and replacing it with copper and things like that and debasing the money. So if you want to talk about corruption, the dollar being backed by nothing but faith and people's trust in it. And then you have people that have the ability to print as much money as they want and not have to have anything backing that money up. You know, they, they can just go in and create a number, imaginary number, whatever you imagine. Just think about that. You can imagine any type of number. And they can create that. And it doesn't have to be backed by anything physical. It doesn't have to be backed by gold. It doesn't have to be backed by silver, platinum. It doesn't have to be backed by wheat, crops, land, real estate, anything. You know, and you, if, if we talk about corruption, we have to talk about it on that level. You know, and how the big corporations get bailed out and all those different types of things. And people like you and me, we get the short end of the stick. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who received an inheritance from her dad and her dad had Pfizer stocks. And she's just like, you know, I really don't trust Pfizer and, you know, things like that. And I just told her, hey, to be honest, you and I, we have to do what we have to do to get to where we want to be. Because no one's coming to save us. The government's not going to save us. You know, we, we put our trust in the government. Rather than putting our trust in God, I mean, it's crazy on the money. It says in God we trust, but we put our trust more in the government than God, you know. And when I think about this stuff, it's just like, hey, you have to get to where you have to go. And I'm not here to judge you because of that, because we're all in this together as people. That's an important piece of having your money out of the system. It's like, hey, the system is rigged against you. The system is set up against us. The bankers have set up this system to devalue our money, devalue our purchasing power. We don't get as paid as much as as how fast inflation happens. And an important quote from Albert Einstein is about compound interest. He says compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. 
And so what he means by that is that when you understand how compound interest works you, and you keep your money in just a bank account, you know that you're losing money as time goes by because of inflation. You're losing money. So if you don't understand compound interest, then you pay it because that percentage of inflation is being tacked onto your dollars. You know, whether that's a, a phony number like 2% a year that the Federal Reserve claims, which doesn't include healthcare, education, groceries, uh, cost of living, and things like that. Um, so you have that compounding on your dollar. So you have to think about that. Okay, that's compounded on my dollar. So I'm paying it when I just save it in the bank. And the bank's not paying you anything. It's paying you 0.00001% to have your money in there, but they loan your money out to other people so that we can get mortgages, cars, and uh, other loans, business loans, things like that. But it shows that you have the number in there, but banks don't even have the reserves to cover that. So when you think about that, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to keep your money in the bank account, you're going to pay compound interest. At the end of the day, if you're just going to keep it there, you're going to pay compound interest and they're going to take your purchasing power away from you. Your purchasing power is being taken away from you. But when you understand compound interest, you can earn it because you have to have your money working for you in order to fight inflation. That is why investors have to make a certain percentage a year in order to stay above the inflation curve. So, that is what is called real yields. So when you make negative yields, that means that you're making less than how much inflation is being increased per year. So when you're making positive yields, that means you're making more than what inflation is at that point in time. So I just think that we have to wake up to the reality that we can get screwed. We're, we're in the most vulnerable position. We see many people you know, uh, wanting a stimulus check, all those different things. And I'm not saying that people don't need it. However, we have a hard pill to swallow ahead with the amount of debt, the amount of money printing, the amount of fiscal irresponsibility of the government. Um, and some people may say, hey, Daryl, won't you, won't you run for president? Or how are you going to do a better job? You know, and first of all, I wouldn't send stimulus checks to dead people. You know, I mean, that's that's the first thing right there. I mean, a friend of mine who, you know, she worked at the mall, she got laid off and she didn't even get a stimulus check. But they sent it to people that were deceased. You had so many people frauding the government. Uh, you had businesses, people starting corporations just to get the PPP loans. And, you, you know, and you want to tell me that our government is fiscally responsible from from 1776 to 1996. We had. Five trillion in debt. All right. Five trillion in debt. Now we have 27 trillion in debt since 1996. We ran 22 trillion in debt. So you can't tell me that our government is fiscally responsible. They're not. So when people want to talk about higher taxes and all these different things, it's like, OK, well, I would be for that. If the government was fiscally responsible, the money does not go to the people. And we're seeing that right now. How many how many businesses held up the government for stimulus? You had the airlines threatening to fire people if they didn't get a bailout. You know, how many corporations were bailed out? 
I think the stimulus check that they sent out was only a few hundred billion and everything else was like sent to like a lot of it was sent to the corporations and bailing out the, the airlines and all these different places. And you think about that. It's like, OK, well, well, they, they give people jobs. So it's good that they get bailed out. OK, if we take that logic, OK, well, how come some of them were taking the money and still laying the employees off? You know, like where, where, where did the rest of that money go? So we have to think and know that our government is fiscally irresponsible. The more money we pay in taxes, the more irresponsible they are going to be. So I say that because we have to have money out of the system. We have to think about ourselves. We have to think about our community. We have to think about our families. Because the people up top are not thinking about us. How come another stimulus package wasn't passed? You know, uh, they, they were in gridlock and and all this stuff. And, you know, uh, whoever, Nancy Pelosi and Steven Mnuchin. And, you know, it, it was just crazy. And it's like you got how many people I, I read today in the article. And today's Thanksgiving, by the way, which I'll probably end up releasing this the next day tomorrow on Friday. But I read an article about a two hour to four hour long wait in lines for people that were hungry and needing food for Thanksgiving. So they didn't go hungry on Thanksgiving. And this was in Arizona and somewhere else. And so you have all these cars, millions, thousands of people, you know, that are waiting and lining up to get food because they didn't want to go hungry on Thanksgiving. So times are rough and, and we have to wake up to the fact that our government does not necessarily have our best interests in mind. And I personally think that, you know, the hold up with the stimulus check is they want to get these uh, federal uh, digital dollars out. They want to get the digital wallet out, um, which the Federal Reserve is supposed to have it established by January 1st of 2021, which I don't trust this whole process either, because we have to have an account with the Federal Reserve. Every citizen and business has to have an account with the Federal Reserve, and that's what they're going to um, issue stimulus through. And so I don't know how long that's going to take, but I think that some of this holdup in the stimulus package is because of that. They they haven't got that set up yet. So um, my issue with it is that the government and the Federal Reserve are pretty much buddy-buddy. They super tight. You know, uh, Jerome Powell's been going to... Uh, the Congress saying we need more stimulus, all of these things. And, you know, the Federal Reserve used to be a more autonomous uh, because it was a central bank. It was created out of Jekyll Island. Uh, there's a book I'm actually going to start reading, The Monster Out of Jekyll Island, um, Jekyll Island, however you say it. Um, but it talks about the creation of the Federal Reserve. And there was a lot of wars between the presidents of our early nation and uh, the central bankers. I mean, uh, Thomas Jefferson didn't trust central bankers. Uh, so he had issues with them. Um, Abraham Lincoln had issues with them. Andrew Jackson had issues with them. Um, I think, uh, what's the name? Chester Garfield. He was killed by a central banker because central bankers wanted to control the money supply. They wanted to control the money supply. And ultimately when you control the money, you control the people. When you control the money, you control the people. 
So we have no say in um, what policies the Federal Reserve implements. We have no say in what the IMF does. The IMF is pushing the global digital dollar. They are the International Monetary Fund. They were developed uh, in 1944, right before the World War II ended, uh, when they had a Bretton Woods agreement. And so right now they're talking about uh, having another Bretton Woods agreement uh, to reset the whole world economy and financial system. And they are trying to have that. So right now we have some currency wars between countries and people trying to get in position uh, to be at this table when this new agreement is set up. And so this is all on their website, the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund, and they're calling this the Great Reset, the Great Reset. So when you think about it, these people have control over all the money and we have no say in their policies. These people aren't elected. They are selected and we have no say over their policies. No say. We have no input. The people has no input at all. So we don't have the ability to determine what is money, which Historically, we did have the ability to determine what is money because money is a exchange of goods between two people, two parties, or you could bring in three parties. So if I had wheat and you had corn and we wanted to come and we wanted to trade, you know, and that was money. Wheat was considered money. Corn was considered money. Gold and silver was considered money. So those things were money. And those are what the people have determined to be money. I mean, gold was money for 5,000 years. So you got to think about that. 5,000 years. I mean, now Bitcoin is on the rise and, and uh, it's pretty new. I mean, it's been around, what, uh, 12 years or something like that. Um, the people should decide what is money. It shouldn't be bankers who, who come together, get no input from the people and decide what is money. And so when I say this, I'm saying that having money out of the system is important. It's very important because we're all trying to fight to keep our credit scores up. We're trying to fight to not go into debt, all those different things. Some of us are already in debt and we're trying to figure out how to get out of this hole, you know, things like that. And we have to think about, okay, we have to get creative. Like the money system that we currently have does not work in our favor. So that is why I am into cryptocurrencies, gold and silver. I do do some stocks, you know, but stocks is also in the system, right? So I have I have some stocks and I, I think most of you all know that, um, but it is in the system. But most of my holdings, I would say, is in cryptocurrencies and gold and silver. So that's my rant for today. I hope that you all enjoyed this and and that you all would be able to think about this. And I, I just encourage you to have some money out of the system because it's coming a time where we're all going to have bank accounts with the Federal Reserve, which is really tight with the government. And I don't know what that privacy is going to look like. I believe that could give the government more power uh, to be able to view uh, our transactions and all of those different types of things and be able to shut our accounts off if they need to, if they wanted to. I mean, and some people may say like, oh, that's, that's going too far. Government can't do that. Government's been doing what they've been wanting to do. I, I remember listening to a story about a guy in Iran who can't get a bank account anywhere. Uh, he was born in Iran. He moved countries when he was a kid. Uh, he owns a business, has a family. 
every time he goes to set up a bank account, he is blacklisted and he can't set up a bank account anywhere. He's tried in different countries, Malaysia. I think he tried in England. Um, and every time he goes, they say, oh, we can't set up an account for you. And when you think about that, it's like, who has his name on the blacklist where? I mean, he can't make a complaint with the bank, talk to the manager and figure this out, you know, or anything like that. He's tried all of that and they have him on a blacklist. And he's just like, man, I just want a bank account to be able to feed my family, buy groceries and feed my family. And as we head towards a more digital money society, a cashless society, it is important that you have money out of the system because the system is corrupt. The system has been corrupt for a long time, if that's a breaking news flash for any of you. So uh, I hope that you all enjoyed this today. And um, I will be talking more about this in the future, keeping you guys updated. I appreciate your, your support. Uh, be sure to go to my YouTube, check out some of the videos I've been dropping, uh, explaining um, my investment picks and all those different types of things. And I, I just hope you guys are having a blessed day. So um, stay up. Be sure to reach out to me if you have any questions. All right, y'all. Peace.